Hello everyone, welcome to Tea Time Reports, this is Trevor here, doing a nice little solo episode on, um, I guess the off-season review of the Detroit Lions. I am, I don't really have like a team team in the NFL, um, I was a Rams guy for the longest time when they were in St. Louis, and then I obviously watched them, uh, play their first season in LA, um, in this century, obviously, and I immediately kind of got drawn to a quarterback that was drafted in the first round, uh, first overall, Jared Goff. Um, loved his game, loved his play, uh, especially in that historic um, top 10 offense of all time, 33.5 points a game with Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, Todd Gurley, uh, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, um, legends, and then, you know, they didn't make it into the promised land of the uh, the, the ring ceremony. Um, Bill Belichick did best them in the Super Bowl, but I've been a Detroit Lions fan because I'm a Jared Goff fan. Um, I'm not one of those diehard, you know, kind of, I'm going to let whatever he does wrong slide. Don't worry, I shit on him too because, you know, he makes errors, but I think he's really coming to his own as a quarterback and, you know, kind of enough about Jared Goff. We'll get to him in a second. Um, I just want to kind of go over the entire offseason thus far for the Detroit Lions. They finished 9-8 and eight, uh, last year, second in the NFC North. Um, and they have a decently tough schedule this year. They open up um, opening game against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. So we got to really see what they are made of, especially in a test like that. Um, but their draft was really solid, in my personal opinion. They grabbed, uh, in the first round, with the 12th overall pick, uh, running back Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Uh, he's 5'11", 200 pounds. He's going to be a legitimate weapon. Um, younger, cheaper maybe even better than both of the running backs we had last year um, off-rip. I, I don't want to say that safely, but I can also you know, say that he has the upside to be that. Um, and then also in the first round, the 18th pick, Jack Campbell, linebacker for the Iowa uh, Hawkeyes, uh, 6'5", 246 pounds, and he's a beast. I really liked this pick at linebacker. Um, it shores up that position. Um, we, we need depth. We need pieces. We need legitimate weapons on defense because our defense is what lost us so many games last year. Um, and I'm glad that they addressed that linebacking position, even though I would have preferred a corner. But at the same time, you'll see why I'm not really upset about it, because later on in the draft, I, in my opinion, they got best position players um, in, in the first four picks, and you'll see what I mean. And in the second round, with a 34th overall pick, Sam Laporta, tight end out of the Iowa, um, same same school as Jack Campbell. He's an Iowa Hawkeye. 6'4", 249 pounds. He is a really good pass-catching tight end, really good yak receiver. Uh, doesn't really miss his assignments when it comes to route running and stuff like that. So I can see the upside on why they really decided to um, go with him over some of the other tight ends that were available. Um, he also fits their scheme, in my opinion. Uh, he's more of a he's a balanced tight end, if you will. With the other second round pick, with the um, 45th overall, Brian Branch fell this far, and I, you know, if you guys were watching our mock drafts and on Instagram and, and checking out our mock draft episodes on, on, the, on the pod, obviously, you would have seen that he was mocked pretty fucking high for us. Even on our big board, he was up there. But I know mocks and big boards mean jack shit at the end of the day. But Brian Branch out of Alabama is a fucking weapon. He's 6 feet, 193 pounds. He'll gain a little weight. I'd like to see him gain 10 to 15 more pounds. And, you know, I think he, can, he could become a complete defensive back for this team. He fits their mentality. He fits their culture. He fits their scheme. I think they got not only the best linebacker in the draft, but the best safety slash defensive back in the draft. 
and I think those were steals, as well as the second running back in the draft with Jameer Gibbs. When, you know, people are going to argue, why not just get John Robinson? They wanted to get capital out of that trade back, so I respected that. And then they also wound up getting, uh, with, in the third round, with the 68th overall pick, quarterback Hendon Hooker out of the tennis, out of Tennessee. He was a volunteer, um, 6'4", 218 pounds. I know he's really injured, um, but in camp he's apparently been starting to throw again, and he looks good. He's getting back to that recovery mode, and um, it's good to see him you know, out there at least throwing the ball. Um, I thought this was a good safe pick for them to be a high-quality backup, and if they don't re, uh, re-sign Jared Goff when his contract's up or even give him an extension, I can see Hendon Hooker potentially being that guy for them for at least a year. Um, if he doesn't pan out, then you know he doesn't pan out, but he was a third-round draft pick, and they're not putting too much faith into him, but at the same time, it's a good position for him to stay, study, learn, and just progress as a quarterback. So I thought that was a good pick for the team. As a Jared Goff fan, I didn't like it. I really would have preferred maybe a wide receiver there or, or something else that could have helped Jared Goff elevate his game when they already have a quarterback that potentially just came off, you know, even with his high-scoring offense with the Rams in 2018. I think he just had his best season in 2022 with the Detroit Lions. Um Moving forward here, into the second third-round pick, 96th overall um, pick, excuse me, uh, Broderick Martin, defensive tackle, Western Kentucky, um, 6'5", 330 pounds, very interesting player. I thought that addressed that that run-stopping need, that rotational piece. Um, The more more trench players that we get is just better, something that can help out Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston. we had a really explosive young pass rush in the second half of the year last year, and it really showed. And I thought that that was a very nice, interesting pickup in the third round. Um, and I thought that he probably would have gone sooner because he was kind of talked about to be that late second round kind of guy, but he fell in third and the Lions grabbed him. So that was a good good steal for them again, in my opinion, as well as Hendon Hooker. I want to talk about that steal for a second. I think they stole a lot of these guys um, that are that were completely undervalued, but have upside towards you know some of the premier picks in this in this draft because this was a weird draft. You're looking for depth guys, rotational pieces on your defensive and offensive line, and, and then there was obviously some studs um, and some good stars that you were going to get. You know, um, premier offensive linemen with Paris Johnson and stuff like that. So. None of those guys did fall to the Lions, but I don't think they needed any O-line help. Other than the O-linemen, they did draft in the fifth round with the 152nd pick overall. Colby Soresdale out of William and Mary Tribe. Um, 6'6", 300 fucking pounds. I think you just draft him off of his pure physical attributes alone. He has the upside to become a decent offensive guard, I imagine. They'll throw him in there because Vitae and our other guard, uh, Jonah, I think... uh, something like that just they 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 struggle to stay healthy sometimes Vitae did take a pay cut but I just want to see you know I'm glad they did draft some youth there for that side of the ball um but definitely something interesting to think about is like what are the what are the scheme changes this offense is going to have to go through to include Jameer Gibbs is he going to be DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams wrapped in one that would be beautiful, but you have David Montgomery. You're going to have to feed him. He's on that three-year deal. He got paid, rightfully so. He's going to produce, but I, I would prefer to see a more of a, um, a youth foundation, um, and that's why I feel like they haven't really gone for any big signings in, in the offseason, like big acquisitions of any crazy old or, or you know crazy expensive veterans, and, and I like that method because you can draft 
production and draft experience you really can especially with some of these guys that have been in these gritty games showed it on tape as well the tape doesn't lie this is my sleeper pick for the lions going into this year with a seventh round pick 219th overall selection antoine green wide receiver out of north carolina 6'3", 200 pounds, he's very fast, very fast, quick feet, kind of like a a Cavante Turpin type guy, I'm not going to lie, a little taller, obviously, and a little heavier, has that size, but I think he's as quick, if not quicker, than Cavante Turpin, in open space, obviously, but I think that he could be a legitimate deep threat, and I think maybe even a potential replacement for what DJ Chark was supposed to be last year. So just something to think about going into this upcoming season. Keep an eye out for Antoine Green, a wide receiver. A very interesting selection in the seventh round. I thought that that draft was a B minus, B plus. I would have liked to see more defensive backs taken, maybe um, some youth there. But they did get a complete overhaul in their backfield. And I'm going to go over some uh, off-season signings here. And we'll, we'll see what our thoughts at the end of this was going to be. Cornerback Mac McCain signed to a one-year $870,000 deal prior to free agency. Cornerback Cameron Sutton signed to a three-year $33 million deal. Um, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley signed to a one-year deal, uh, a one-year $6 million deal. Running back David Montgomery signed to a three-year $18 million deal. Um, Graham Glasnow uh, signed to a one-year deal worth up to $4.5 million. Defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson signed to a one-year $8 million deal. A very good pickup, in my opinion. That's a prove-it deal, but I think it could be a legitimate piece. Um, Long snapper Jake McQuaid signed to a one-year $1.3 million deal. Linebacker Jalen Reeves. Mabin signed uh, with the Lions per his agent. Uh, No contract details released as of this moment. Wide receiver Marvin Jones signing to a one-year $3 million deal with the Lions. I like that they got him back and that they're um, bringing in a veteran presence for that wide receiver position because he's still a threat. He's old reliable, and Jared Goff relies on old reliable, and I'm excited to see him be a part of this offense. I think he's going to produce. But out of all of the um, additions, I would have to say my favorite is probably either going to be David Montgomery or C.J. Gardner-Johnson or even... Cameron Sutton, who's really like under like appreciated in my opinion. They released defensive tackle Michael Brockers, saves them ten million dollars in cap space. They've not made a trade yet. Um, they've re-signed quarterback Nate Sudfeld, running back Craig Netflix Reynolds, um, center Ross Pierschbacher, offensive tackle Matt Nelson, defensive tackle Isaiah Bugs. Yes, sir, he is a beast. Um, edge rusher John Kaminsky, who is very productive, to a two-year, $8.5 million deal. Wow. Good for him. He got paid. Um, and then as well as Isaiah Bugs getting re-signed to a two-year, $4.5 million deal. So that's good for them. They also re-signed linebacker Alex Anzalone to a three-year, uh, $18.75 million deal. He is their captain. He's him. Um, cornerback Will Harris has also been re-signed to a one-year $2.53 million deal. Defensive back C.J. Moore has been re-signed to a two-year $4.5 million deal as well. Um, defensive back Savion Smith is re-signed to a one-year deal, no contract details. And kicker Michael Badgley has been re-signed to a one-year $1.2 million deal.
We lost safety Deshaun Elliott, running back Jamal Williams, center Evan Brown, linebacker Chris Board, edge rusher Austin Bryant, cornerback Mike Hughes, cornerback Amani Aruawi, uh, excuse me, Amani Aruawiye, excuse me if I butchered that, linebacker Josh Woods, and wide receiver DJ Chark. Um, players that remain unsigned, running back Justin, Jaff, uh, Justin Jackson, who I'd like to see him return, uh, offensive tackle Dan Skipper, who I'd also love to see return, guard Tommy Kramer, um, defensive back Bobby Price as well, and future deal signings, running back Jamar Jefferson, tight end Derek Deese Jr., wide receiver Maurice Alexander, shout out to Maurice Alexander, former USFL star, and he was a star for that team. They missed him surely. Wide receiver Stanley Berryhill. Wide receiver Tom Kennedy. Fuck yeah, Tom is... He, he was a very productive slot guy. Uh, offensive tackle Obina Eze. Offensive tackle Darren Paolo. Defensive tackle Demetrius Taylor. Cornerback Jared Williams. Cornerback Khalil Dorsey. And safety Brady Breeze. So those are just some of the guys that you want to kind of look out for as well. And just some news on the roster uh, if you're a Lions fan. Someone I would love to see, um, you know, get some recognition this year, rightfully so, is Amon Ross St. Brown. This is a player that I think if you continue to take stress off of him and eyes off of him from the opposing defense with adding more weapons, I think he'll explode. I think he's going to have a phenomenal career year in year three, especially year three in this system, as well as a year three with Jared Goff. I think they're going to connect and emerge together like Jared and Cooper Cup did back in those good old days. And it's really going to be interesting. The opening weekend of this season is going to be against the Kansas City Chiefs. The last time Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes met, it was the best game I ever saw in my life. It was uh, like 54 to 51. Both quarterbacks had over six touchdowns total. It was just one of those games where you just can't forget it. And I'm excited to hopefully see the Detroit Lions be able to put up a fight against one of these premier clubs in the NFL. Because last year they proved that they can uh, contend. On Thanksgiving, they narrowly lost to the Buffalo Bills. They uh, ruined the Green Bay Packers' playoff hopes in the final game of the season. They swept the Bears. They beat the Vikings once. I mean, they were doing good things. In Week 1 last year, they narrowly lost to the Eagles by a field goal. If their defense would, would have showed up in some of these games, they would have had a way better record than 9-8. and eight. They would have had a double-digit win season, which I don't know the last time they had that. So it's just going to be interesting to see if this recipe of drafting young depth cycle, like rotational guys in the later rounds will work and then have some of those guys that acquire those game reps actually be able to emerge as a starter like we saw with Malcolm Rodriguez and Kirby Joseph and um, James Houston. I mean, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson was a fucking baller last year, in my personal opinion, with biasy, obviously. I believe he should have won Defensive Rookie of the Year. He had the same amount of uh, INTs as Sauce Gardner, but he was a he's a fucking defensive end. Come on. And, I mean, he had great games, I mean, against Washington in Week 3. He was destroying Carson Wentz. I mean, there were so many great performances by him, you know, picking off Justin Fields. Uh, just He's just a disruptor. He had great motor, great hand movement, great technique. He's a full-on playmaker and a, a queen piece on your board uh, if, you, if you're into chess. Um, but he is next up for them. He is their—he he will be their Joey Boza, their Nick Boza. And I'm excited to see that 
come into year two, and I think he'll just be better. I really do. I think he is meant for great things in this league. Um, overall, their offseason at this point, um, as of 6-10-23, I would have to say I would give it a B plus. Nothing crazy. Good additions. Holes filled on both sides of the ball. Um, they, they attended to their needs as a club. They made the right proper decisions, especially with signing um, some of these uh, playmakers that they got their hands on, like David Montgomery. They're not overpaying, but they're also securing a, a nice solid chunk of their career with three-year contracts that I'm sure are heavily incentivized. So that's just also something that I got to credit the GM, Brad Holmes, on. Uh, he drafted Jared Goff. He drafted Aaron Donald, TG3. Um, he's he's a great GM. He's drafted Amon Ra, Aiden Hutchinson, Penny Sewell. Brad Holmes is a great GM, if not the best GM in football right now. And I'm speaking purely objectively. If you look at his track record in the past 10 years, he is fucking great. He knows how to pick. He knows how to produce. He knows how to not only develop guys, but choose the proper players in draft, in offseason, that come in and fit the culture. They're not going out there and spending fucking $45 million on a D-tackle because, you know what, he may get you 12 sacks in a year. You know, he may get you that production, but on a personal level, does he fit the hunger, the dog that is this team? It's gritty. It's a fighting spirit type of team. You have to want it. And, you know, you may be fucking great at what you do, but if you have that mindset of just a cocky prick, you're not going to fit in well with this team, with this Dan Campbell-led team. They want workers. They want hard workers. They want guys that are humble and guys that respect each other and don't have any problems, obviously. They want gritty guys that make up for something else, um, that make up and make this team a whole. And they were a top three offense last year. Let's see what they got this year. I think it's only up from here, especially with a wide-open division uh, like this. I don't trust the Vikings in the playoffs, obviously. Um, the Bears are scary, for sure. And we'll talk about the Bears. Shout out to Brandon. Um, but, I mean, I'm not scared of the Packers. I'm not scared of Josh Love. I'm scared of, you know, the Vikings maybe getting a double-digit with the season again because they just, I don't know. They're, they either get dog water-like schedules or they just never get a primetime game until like week nine and then they get exposed and then people start asking the question of, oh, are they even going to be good in the playoffs? I'm scared. They don't, they are heavily inflated. It's like, that's Kirk Cousins. That's Kirk Cousins. Plug in another quarterback, you know, you'll get a chance. But as long as they have Kirk Cousins, I am not afraid of the Vikings. Um, if anything, I'm more afraid of the Bears than I am the Lightnings and that's just G shit because Justin Fields is that X factor. But I guess we're talking about quarterbacks. As of right now, I think the best quarterback in that division is Jared Goff. Has he had the playoff success compared to Kirk Cousins being there every year than losing in the first round? No, but he's been no Super Bowl. Does he have a winning record in the playoffs? Yeah. Did he beat Russell Wilson in the playoffs with a broken thumb? Yeah. I, I, I just think... I, I think this is where we draw the line and say, you know, Jared Goff had a career year last year. I think he's only going to produce because the team got better... His offensive coordinator in Ben Johnson, who's just been a, a massive factor in this turnaround. Um, they trust each other. Year two in Ben Johnson's system, I think it's just going to be more and more explosive and even more technical. So it's going to be exciting to see that process 
also kind of play out as well because you want that kind of production and progression, um, obviously, but you want to see that out of your quarterback that is not, you know, late into his, you know, years yet. I think he's going on year eight in his career. You want him to get better. And if you actually look at Jared Goff's career, the third year in every system he's been in has got, like, he's been phenomenal at Cal. Year three was his best. The Rams, year three was his best. Let's see what we, let's see what he has this year. Seriously, let's give him a shot. And if he wins you a playoff game, you re-sign him. I don't think there's a debate in that. Because, I mean, you're not going to get an early pick. Desmond, um, Hendon Hooker is not going to, you know, just be able to walk in then. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to just be able to take the job. If Jared Goff wins a playoff game next year, fuck that. If he, if he goes to the divisional, I... And maybe even wins that. You gotta re-sign the guy. Because he's gotten better every year in the system. Who knows what year four would look like. That'd be a Super Bowl, you'd think, right? If they get and win a playoff game, they're just going in the right direction. But at the same time, the window for them is open, but it's closing fast. So just something to think about. I just wanted to briefly kind of touch on that. But my, 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 my thoughts, I guess, on... I guess the offseason in general is that it's important to fill the holes on your roster for sure, but you also want something that'll tip the scales. You want to make that acquisition that'll tip the scales of your playmaking ability. Am I going to get a receiver that can actually stretch the field? Am I going to get a guy am I going to get a guy that's going to drag the safety in double coverage so it opens up crossers for my my less fast guys but my good yak guys? Do I have the scheme for this? Do I have the scheme for these players? Do I have the formations down right? There's so much that goes into just the planning of making sure that these players are a good fit. And I think that, you know, after the sample size of me being kind of like a diehard Lions fan for the past two years, I haven't missed a game. Um, I've seen Brad Holmes draft acquisitions come in and do wonders. Kirby Joseph picked off Aaron Rodgers three times last year. Malcolm Rodriguez is a consistent linebacker who does not miss assignments. I believe he will be re-signed with this team after his rookie contract is over. I think he's a very consistent part of this team, and I really enjoy his play. I think he's a genuine starter in this league, and I hope that the Lions keep him in-house until he retires. I love Rodrigo. And then I guess moving forward to the offensive side of the ball, I really wanted to touch on this briefly. The acquisitions of, like, DJ Chark last year, I thought that was going to be a bigger splash than it was. Um, a little underwhelming with his production, but I'm glad that they got Marvin Jones back in there. They kind of replaced, you know, DJ Chark. They drafted a, a wide receiver in the seventh round. They have Josh Reynolds on, in his last year of his contract. They got a tight end. They they still kind of made up for their losses, in my opinion. The guys that left didn't didn't like cause an earthquake in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like, they filled those gaps immediately when they could. And I just think that that's an important part of just being a reactive GM. And I think that genuinely sets a bunch of clubs apart from the others. So we're going to see the progression going into this season, and I'm so excited for it. Stay tuned for a ton of NFL content for sure. And also make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at Tea Time Reports as well as Instagram at Tea Time Reports. We do have a little real, um, kind of a little real thing going on for uh, the Lions, the Bears, the Giants, as well as the Eagles 
as well as some other sports and stuff if you're into following those kind of sports. Just something to think about. Um, we do post a bunch of news and you know roster updates and you know just tons of stuff relating the NFL and football in general. But if you guys are NFL fans, what's your team? Make sure you guys go check out the Instagram, get interactive with us, and show us some love and support on there. And to all of our new listeners and stuff out there, we really appreciate you for stopping into Tea Time Reports. Uh, we want it to be a genuine experience where it's just you know kind of a nice, thorough conversation where you can kick back, have your headphones in, and just chill. So I really appreciate that and really appreciate everyone out there tuning in across the world. It's a really awesome feeling knowing that uh, people over in fucking UK and West Africa and South Africa are just tuning in. That's such a cool feeling and uh, really humbling, honestly, because you realize, you know, words and, you know, all this stuff that you put into the airways out here, it can reach people and you could teach people or you can learn yourself and I think that's important not just not just because we're doing this about sports and, and music and movies and film but we like to have genuine conversation and, and thorough thought out discussions on some of these legitimate topics that are not only popular in trend kind of ways but uh, with us so it's just authentic and real through and through so uh, again thank you everyone for tuning in to Tea Time Reports this is Trevor signing off Take care.